What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So yesterday, I was heading home from work, and I got a message from a new chief. Um, just kind of like an update, check-in kind of thing, where we were just talking about um, she transferred to a new ship, uh, just kind of some of the growing pains, what it's like, what the mess is like, some of the leadership challenges she's having. Uh, and when we discussed it, um, basically what was relayed to me is what's been, it's been relayed to me by a lot of people. Um, and, and I've said it too. I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't. Uh, and I think it, it's something we kind of fall victim to just as humans, uh, and, and leaders that want things to go well and want to take care of our sailors. I think everyone from their own perspectives and contexts probably say this, uh, at some point, uh, especially when you're new to a command and, Basically, what we talked about was uh, she said that she walked in and it was kind of like the group or the organization was weak, right? And a lot of that was in relation to some of the other leadership, basically just saying that people didn't seem engaged, uh, they weren't motivated, there's some stuff like indicators, even though she hasn't been there that long, um, indicators of kind of like a bad culture a little bit. Um, and when we start talking about it, her being new, not just at the command, but being a new chief, um, I kind of said, slow down a little bit. <laughs> and here's why, right? Um, it's, you're, you're kind of, I'm kind of playing both sides of the field when I talk about this, whereas, I'm the guy advocating for leadership development and education. I want leaders to have the highest standards possible and take care of their sailors and no excuses and do everything you can to be the best possible chief you can be. I'm always going to be that advocate. But at the same time, we have to operate in our current reality, whatever that reality is, right? So as we enter an organization and we start assimilating into that organization and then the sub-organizations being things like the, you know, like for some people, the FCPOA or the division or work center or the chief's mess or even the wardroom, because I know there's some officers listening, uh, you, you're kind of stuck with the cards you're dealt in a way, right? Especially if you're not the CMC, or you're not somebody in a position to create culture within that organization. Everybody can contribute to the creation of a culture, um, but it, when you're in the command level position, you you have a lot more influence on dictating what that culture is going to be and setting the tone and the standards and stuff. Um, but as a member of it, you know you contribute what you can contribute. Uh, you can't form it in your image uh, at, at least not overnight. I mean, you could try, and I, I'm that stubborn, bullheaded human that does try. Um, but you just understand it's a, it's a group of people that all have differing viewpoints and opinions and contexts, right? And so as much as I would love to create this like leadership Garden of Eden or this like leadership utopia within a chief's mess at whatever given command, I can contribute what I can contribute. I have certain talents and strengths and I have weaknesses uh, and, and I'm going to bring all of those to that organization. And that's kind of the key point here is that Number one, we're all humans, we're all fallible, we're all flawed, we're, we all have weaknesses. And number two is that we bring all of those things, not just the good, into whatever grouping that we're gathering in, right? 
So I'm going to talk about a little bit of the things that uh, that we talked about, specifically what I messaged her when I was like, you know, slow down. Don't just assume that the organization is bad based on what you see on the surface. And, and the reason I, I say that is because of what we just talked about, like the human organization, people have flaws, et cetera. So, so what I said to her was, look, keep in mind, one, no one is like the ideal chief. Like no one is perfect at this. No one like was built at the senior enlisted academy out of spare parts and was programmed with the mission, vision, and guiding principles. Like there's some people that are pretty close to that out there, but like they're not very, uh, they're not common. And even those people are humans, right? So just keep in mind that no one is just like the walking, talking, living, breathing embodiment of the mission, vision, and guiding principles and, and the creed. We want to be, we strive to be, but no one is perfect. So keep that in mind as you go in. And number two, you can't do anything alone. So whether these people suck individually or as a group or not, right, you'll still need them to at least be willing to deal with you in order to take care of your junior sailors, right? So the organization is what it is. It's structured the way it's structured. A lot of th- a lot of times when I have conversations with junior sailors or, or anyone that's frustrated with the Navy or with an organization is that the Navy is gigantic. It's bureaucratic. It's been around forever. A lot of policies and procedures, they're written and signed out by high-level flag-level officials. <laughs> like It's not something that's going to change rapidly. And it's not going to change just because you're not happy with it. It's possible for you to help affect that change, obviously. Uh, I'm a big fan of creativity and feedback, but understanding how to maneuver within the existing construct to best take care of your sailors, to leverage the existing systems and the existing rules to take care of your sailors is the best way to take care of your sailors. Yes, you should try to affect positive change, but you can't bank on that right now, today, in this moment when your sailor has a problem. Oh, well, you know, they have a problem with this within this program or policy, and I think this policy is stupid and doesn't work, so I'm going to go fix that policy right now? No, I have a sailor that is in a bad spot that I need to help right now. So I need to know how to leverage the existing system right now to take care of my sailors. That applies to chiefs in the chief's mess, so listen up, boot. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, new chiefs, call them boots. It's something that I, you'll hear other services say it too. Um, I think the combat services say it to brand new guys and guys that haven't actually been anywhere, or done anything, that kind of thing. But it's just like a new guy, right? So you need to understand when you enter the chief's mess. Like you can walk in the room and even if you're positive that everybody's an idiot. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I'm not even talking about the scenario I'm talking about right now. Let's just say for the sake of argument, this fictitious chief's mess is a dumpster fire, right? Everybody sucks. No one's doing what they're supposed to do, right? And I walk in and I'm the brand new, you know, division whatever chief, like name it. Uh, I'm the division X chief. And to I have 12 sailors in division X and they all need different things, right? They're all motivated by different things. They're all at different career milestones. Some of them need 
advocacy in some areas. Some of them need quals. Some of them need uh, interviews. Some of them need whatever. Like I want them to get taken care of at ranking boards. I want them to get taken care of at awards boards. I want to advocate for them or take care of them whenever they're in a bad spot. I want to be in the best position to uh, be their advocate during any kind of disciplinary stuff. If you know, depending on the situation, obviously, but yeah, I represent them all the time. So I'm their representation in this organization. Dumpster fire or not, I'm their representation in this organization. So with that understanding, you can't get anything done alone. You can't. I don't care how good you are at it. I don't care if you're the aforementioned chief built out of spare parts at Senior Enlisted Academy and programmed with the Mission, Vision, and Guiding Principles spouting the creed from memory. I don't care if you're that chief. You're still not going to get anything done alone in any organization without being able to leverage the existing constructs. One of those constructs that's very important to how a ship operates is the chief's mess. So for you new chiefs, right? And I know I've talked about this a little bit before, but this this scenario kind of got me spun up about it is like, look, you, you don't have to love where it's at right now. Just like any of the other systems that we have to operate, you don't have to love where it's at right now, but you do have to operate it where it's at right now. So to get the things done that you need to get done to take care of your sailors, you need to work within the construct, work with what you have right now to get those things done. So if you're the person that's going to walk into a room like that, look around, decide everybody's all effed up, that's fine. Do Keep that in your brain. Keep that in your mind. You don't need to verbalize that. There is very seldom a situation where you'll need to do that. What you need to do is survey the landscape, get to know people, and figure out what you need to do to take care of your junior sailors. Because you're going to need all the people in those room at in that room at some point to take care of your sailors. That's just the way it works. Sometimes I wish that wasn't the way that it works, but that's another story for another time. So you need to understand that you need them to be willing to deal with you. You can't go in there and just burn every single bridge because somebody's boots aren't shined or somebody's not doing something the way that they're supposed to, right? But, and there's a, always a but, right? If you're put in a position where you're choosing between maintaining a relationship with one of those people or you're choosing between decorum or, or customs and courtesy or whatever versus what's best for your sailor, then burn it down. And I've been known for being confrontational or aggressive or loud. Um, and it's because the times where somebody puts me to that type of a decision, where I have to choose between what's right for my sailors or what's right for the organization and a relationship or I'm put to a decision point of doing what's right versus a confrontation with a person that's trying to do the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm going to get loud. I'm going to I'm going to choose confrontation every single time. And I've talked also before about the people that know me We'll find a hard time believing this and we'll chuckle as if they heard me say it, but I hate confrontation. I don't enjoy it. It's not something that I ever want to do if I if I don't have to. Like when I know it's coming and I have to like anticipate it for a long period of time, it gives me anxiety, messes with my sleep, but 
I understand that sometimes it's necessary to take care of my sailors. And when put to that decision, I'm not just going to confront them. I've gotten really good at it (laughs) because it's a necessary thing. Sometimes it's become increasingly rare as I've developed and matured as a leader, right? There are far less times where I have to choose confrontation or where I have to, I have to get loud or get argumentative, but those times still exist. And I, and I think part of why those things have slowly, uh, phased out is I've also gotten more and more senior. I got promoted again, right? So I'm a very senior, senior chief. So when I'm in a chief's mess, at least on submarines, I mean, if I was on a surface ship, it wouldn't be quite the same dynamic because there's a lot more master chiefs floating around, a lot more senior folks floating around. But like my last submarine on the chief's mess, I was the most senior guy on board that wasn't the, the Cobb or the CMC, right? So I, it, not, not, going to have to argue as much. I'm just going to say stuff. And it's like, okay, well, that's what we're doing. You know, and it's not, it's, that's part of why I I think I've had to do it less, but I, a lot of it, a lot more of it, I think is just maturity. And and I've figured out more ways to uh, work within the construct, to work within the system that I have, right? It doesn't have to be perfect, right? It's just I have to figure out, just like I do with the junior sailors that I'm leading, when I'm working with chiefs, good or bad, I have to figure out what you know what motivates them. How do they best communicate? Um, what do they need that I can help them with so that when I need help, they're willing to help me? And, and should they always be willing to help? Yeah, sure. Got it. Like, Should they always be willing to help junior sailors? Of course they should. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that relationships matter and they'll be more willing to help because regardless of the ideal image of a chief or a leader that we paint in our minds or for the masses the, like it's a human organization all these all these chiefs running around wearing these uniforms those uniforms are occupied by human beings we're all striving to an ideal we're all striving to meet all of the intent of the chief petty officer's creed every day but are we no absolutely not like it's it's a high freaking bar on purpose, but it's not something, it's something to strive for. That bar was set that high on purpose. We want to consistently strive to meet it. I don't ever want to be sitting on top of the bar going, okay, now what do I do? So it's it's a high bar on purpose. But again, human organization, like, so, so knowing these people, knowing their backgrounds, knowing their context, taking the time to have discussions with them, getting like it, it works the same way at the junior levels, right? Your friends are going to be more willing to help you out than your frenemies or your enemies, right? Like, or then people that don't just don't know you at all. Like you go down to a completely different work center and you ask some random person for help finding some tool and they have no idea who you are. They're going to be a lot less willing to help you than they would if you were like anytime I ever needed a tool to try to fix something in the galley and I went back and talked to my A-gangers, I'm the cook chief that takes care of them. I give them cookies and stuff. They're always going to help me, right? So it's it's just a little different. They're human relationships. So, so take the time to figure that out. Take the time to build those relationships, to have that rapport, to have those conversations so that when it comes time to leverage those to take care of your sailors, you're able to do that. That's what I'm saying, right? So the the caution flag was thrown up on, well, they, you know, God, they're all, it's, they all suck and it's a dumpster fire and 
you know, none of them are doing the right thing or whatever. It's like, okay, might be true, but you still got to work with them. You don't get to turn them in for a new one. Like, you're not going to be like, ah, this Chiefs mess sucks. I want a new one. It's not how it works. It's not how it will ever work. So take the time to work within that construct. And also take the time to get to know these people. You have no idea what you're saying when you walk into a, a new place and meet all these new people and make quick cursory judgments based on very limited information. Okay. There's been a lot of times where I am, <laughs> I'm almost always the contrarian in the room, right? Like I, I have conversations where it's either like somebody will be singing someone's praises and I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> Are you sure? Like based on what? Because this is what I've observed. Uh, Or the opposite where it's like, well, this guy sucks. Like he can't figure out anything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, really? Because that's the most reliable, hardworking dude that I've seen. So what are we talking about right now? Um, A lot of times I'm the contrarian in the room. And I do that on purpose in a way like I'm paying. I'm just paying attention. I'm paying very close attention. And I, I think I take a lot of time to, to get to know people. And I do that on purpose for all the reasons I just talked about. If you take the time to actually dig in and learn about people, you'll find that what you see on the surface isn't always what is true. Like some people, especially in our career field and especially in the Chiefs mess, feel like we have to represent ourselves a certain way. There's a lot of people, especially junior Chiefs, but some, some senior ones that have grown into it because it's just kind of how they coped. And I'm I'm one of them. I'm not pointing fingers and saying that everyone else is like this. Is I was very quiet, very introverted, didn't like confrontation. Uh, if you asked a lot of people that know me, I, they'll say the complete opposite. I'm extroverted. I'm loud. I'm boisterous. Uh, I only I don't have an inside voice. <laughs> like um, I'm a yeller. Junior sailors will say that a lot because I, I I'm passionate. I talk loud. I talk with my hands. And sometimes when I get fired up about stuff, they think I'm yelling at them. And and I get it. I understand why they receive it that way sometimes. And that's a weakness I have that I'm working on. But I grew into that. I I I, I saw that I needed more tools and I needed to function differently in order to succeed in this organization, in order to be an effective leader, in order to um, get where I wanted to be and, and make sure I was taking care of my sailors. So it, it, it's something that I kind of figured out, okay, this is what my uh, leadership like public face is going to look like. And I kind of grew into that and I became a lot more comfortable with that. I became a lot more comfortable with myself where I kind of settled back into being more me and letting more of my true self show because <laughs> I'm not as insecure. I'm not worried about what people are going to think about it, right? Where when I'm first put in that position, uh, first put in that leadership position, and then especially as a young chief, I was figuring it out, right? I thought I had to be louder. I thought I had to yell. I thought I had to be more aggressive to be heard, uh, to be taken seriously. Uh, so you'll what you'll find is there's a lot more beneath the surface, right? When you get to know these people, a lot of times they're public perception, the persona that they have, the if you talk to other people about them especially, this is a big weakness we have sometimes as, as leaders is that we'll form an opinion on someone based on what everyone else is saying about them instead of taking the time to get to know that person personally. So take the time to dig in and get to know that leader better and what you'll often find is that what's beneath the surface is completely different than what you thought was coming. <laughs> 
And it's, it's kind of an adventure, man. I, I love doing it. I love getting to know people and finding out like these crazy things that no one has any idea about because they never just took the time to ask. So when you go into that room and you make those cursory judgments based on limited information, kind of ha- pause, pause, stop, take a minute and be like, what am I doing? Maybe I should actually go talk to this person and get to know them a little bit better first. Not just because I'm going to form and grow the relationship that I need to be able to effectively work with them and work within the organization to take care of my sailors, but also because it's just a good human being thing to do. Like, go get to know. Maybe they just need a friend, man. Maybe they need somebody to vent to. Maybe they need somebody to take any of their concerns seriously for once. Maybe they just need advice. Maybe, like, they just, you heard a bunch of crap about them from people that don't like them because they're doing it right. Maybe they're the outcast because they are in a weak organization and they're doing it all by the book and doing it right and and digging in and saying, no, like I'm not going to conform to the, the poor culture around me. I'm going to keep doing it right. And that's why they're ostracized. And that's why as soon as you walked in the door, everybody told them that that person sucks, right? Like there's so much stuff going on. It's so dynamic. There's so many different planes of existence within a leadership organization like that, that you got to take the time to, to really get in there and figure it out and and continually learn as you go and continually have conversations and learn about new people. Because by the time you start to feel like you've got it, people are going to rotate. <laughs> You're going to get new people. You're going to get a whole bunch of new personalities. Chiefs will get promoted into that organization or leaders will get promoted in that organization. And then you got to figure them out. And so it's kind of a always a, a working concept where it's, it's going to be changing. It's going to be dynamic all the time. And then the last thing she was, it's kind of like a, a last catch all thing is that when you're, when you are working within that organization, right? She was concerned about like, am I doing the right thing? Right. And it's, I just, it's like a stupid check. I think. A lot of juniors, outside perception, I mean juniors, seniors, peers, whatever, everybody that's outside the cheese mess, sometimes their perception of what's going on is is so skewed because they've never been inside and they've never experienced it. So it's hard to describe how difficult it is to be in the in this role, right, and to be in this special position of trust with the responsibility of taking care of however many sailors you're responsible for and the stress of getting that right for each individual sailor. Um, it's almost impossible to get it right, depending on what your definition is of getting it right. Um, but I kind of told her, it's just like, you're striving for the ideal, right? You're striving for, to the goal of, of effectively being perfect, knowing you're not going to achieve it, but always reaching for it. Right. But I kind of said, like, just always default to, am I being a good chief and are my sailors first? If yes, and you're pretty sure that the course of action you're going with meets that metric, then roll with it. And ask me or someone else if you're really on the fence, like you just can't figure it out. But I was like, the best we can ever hope for is always put them first and be right more than we're wrong. That's it. Because you just, everybody thinks they've got the answer in their critique of chiefs, officers, whatever. 
And most of them <laughs> are outside the organization and have no idea what they're talking about, but they are within the naval organization and, and they do experience that leadership. They are the end user, right? Effectively the customer. So they do have better perspective than like say a civilian, right? So, uh, but what is often lost is like everybody can sit out on the outside looking in and play armchair quarterback. Everybody can say, we need to just burn it to the ground and start fresh. We need to do this. We need to do that. And it's just like, are you perfect? Because if you are, I would like you to sketch that out in recipe form so that I can understand it and easily digest it and apply it to my life. What is so often missed and the reason why dialogue doesn't happen the way that it should and why we can't just have constructive, dynamic, nuanced conversations about leadership development is because so many people are positive they're right in their judgment of an organization built out of flawed, learning, developing human beings. It's an organization of them, created by them, <laughs> servicing them. Like it's, it's impossible for us to always get it right. Could it be a lot better? Of course it could. That's why I'm an advocate for it. That's why this platform exists. But we have to go in knowing it's going to be imperfect. You have to go in knowing it's going to be severely flawed. And that a lot of times we're just doing our best to mitigate those flaws and make sure that the end game, the end users, sailors, are taken care of more often than not. <laughs> Obviously, we want them taken care of 1,000% of the time. I don't ever want to miss. I'm not trying to miss. But it happens. There are competing priorities. I'm not always right about things. I have to make a lot of judgments. I have to spread myself around to a lot of different places and people. Eventually, I'm gonna drop one of the flaming chainsaws that I'm juggling. It's just gonna happen. And when I drop it, whatever damage is done, I'm going to look over there, pick it back up and start juggling it again and start repairing that damage too. But, there's still damage. So we have to also understand that and have that conversation. What do we do about that? What can we do to avoid dropping that flaming chainsaw in the future, right? Uh, it's just tough. And, and it's, it's something that as you enter these groups, right, as, an, as a new officer checks into a command and enters a new wardroom, as a junior sailor checks on a ship and enters a new work center, or as a new chief enters a chief's mess, you just need to understand how dynamic they are, how different everyone is, how we're all prone to gossip, how all of us are imperfect learning as we go leaders. Like we're all maturing on the job. We're all figuring it out and we're all going to screw stuff up. So if you go into an organization knowing that it's comprised of flawed human beings, if you go into it knowing that the vast majority of people are showing up to work trying to do a good job and a good job being what they believe to be their mission. Whether or not they understand what the mission is or not, there's all these other variables in there, but like they all show up wanting to do a good job, wanting to contribute to the organization and make it better. 
You have to ask yourself the questions. Do they know what that means? Do they know how to contribute to the organization to make it better? Do they understand the mission? Do they understand how to execute the mission? Do they understand what their responsibilities are as a leader? Do they have a firm grasp on leadership principles in general? Do they know who they are as a leader? Are they able to apply their strengths to be an effective leader or do they need to work on those and then work on their weaknesses? Like, I mean, there's so many things all of which can be worked on, you can help with, instead of walking in and shotgun blasting people in the face and saying, you guys all suck. I can't work with any of you. You guys need to be better. Uh, Strive to be more like me. Like, it's insane. It's super arrogant. And it's unrealistic because, A, you're probably not qualified to judge that room anyway. And B, they're probably looking at you saying the same damn thing. So how about we collectively come together and try to make each other better and be willing to have open, honest dialogue about how we can do that. I know that was a lot. Uh, I kind of was all over the place uh, and I and I understand that I was and it's because it's complicated. It's because I'm talking off the top of my head about a very complicated, nuanced scenario. Like you, you walk into a leadership organization as the new person and a lot of us are prone to quick judgments. A lot of us are trying to gather information quickly to see not just how to exist there, but like where we fit in and then like what we can do to be better. And and as far as like our own personal accomplishment and ego, like what we can do to get ahead, right? So a lot of times we go in and we make a lot of snap judgments and we take other people's opinions too seriously. And we, it's like, you got to walk in and just, there needs to be an observation period walk in, attempt as much as your human brain and instincts will allow to be completely impartial. Just try really hard to be impartial. Walk in and just observe your work center, your chief's mess or first class association or wardroom or whatever, the ship and command as a whole. Just walk in and just be a fly on the wall. Watch what people do. Watch how people interact with each other. Watch how people interact with you. Pay attention. Watch how they how they act and then watch what they like how they say they're going to act, right? Like they're going to say a lot of things. They're going to say they believe a lot of things. They're going to say things about other people, about processes, about the culture on the on the ship. So watch what's actually happening in comparison to what you're being told by people and make your make and form your own opinions. If you're going to pass judgment on something, you better have all the information. You better ask lots of questions. Read the book if there is one. And make sure that you have enough information to make a sane judgment on something. Before you decide a room full of leaders are ill-equipped to, to be in those positions, you better have the full picture. And then just understand that regardless of if you make that judgment and what that judgment is, you still have to exist in that organization. That's the key piece of information that I feel like isn't like brought into everybody's calculus is you can think they suck all you want. You still got to work there. You still have to exist in that organization. So how are you going to do that? You're going to form relationships with these people and you're going to learn to work with them. You're going to learn how to work within that organization effectively to, to take care of your sailors to get what you need, which is what you need is what your sailors need. So how do you get those things? You figure out what motivates those people. You figure out how to best communicate with those people. 
You form relationships with those people. Like it or not. Uh, like always, if you guys got any questions, comments, concerns, or even more fun, you want to discuss this stuff, hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me. Don't give up the shit podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram at D podcast. Uh, hit me up. Uh, I'm always interested to talk to you guys and speaking of talking to you guys, if anybody has any interest in coming on a podcast and talking about some stuff, hit me up about that as well. Same, uh, same points of contact. Super interested. I got some conversations coming up with, uh, one former junior of mine that's now a vet, uh, one former student of mine that's still active, uh, and then another cool conversation about one of my favorite topics. So those are all forthcoming uh, as we have time to record them. And then uh, last, if you want to support the podcast, uh, we, we've got a store. We are not a for-profit enterprise, but we do have bills to pay. Uh, so if you want to support it all, you get some cool stuff in exchange, uh, and then the money that comes in helps us pay for the SoundCloud accounts and the domain fees and all that jazz. So uh, you go to dgutspodcast.com slash shop. You can pick up t-shirts, magnets. We've got a bunch of stickers now. Uh, so I'll ship that out to you as soon as possible. And then that all goes to keeping the lights on. So if you want to do that, help us out. dgutspodcast.com slash shop. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship. 